0: Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags.
1: Before a song is released, a record is produced, or a chorus is written, the musicians that write them think a lot. They live, a lot, and they feel a lot. Before the chorus dives into the stories and experiences that shape these artists, and ultimately, the music we hear. I'm your host, Sophia Lopercaro, and this episode's guest is Cutworms. Max Clark, better known as Cutworms, is a solo artist based in Brooklyn, New York. He is both drawn to and heavily critical of the past. While the American Songbook provides inspiration to his writing, he worries that people tend to romanticize the past, glossing over its glaring problems. His new double LP, Nobody Lives Here Anymore, explores this dichotomy in depth, using the very images that define traditional Americana to examine it. The biggest theme that sort of comes off of this double LP is, I guess, a sort of like flawed version of nostalgia, Um, which, I mean, first off, do you think that nostalgia is always like a little bit of a romanticized thing for everybody?
0: Maybe, I don't know, Uh, probably. I think, like, it's probably somewhat romanticized. Like when, people, I like, when people say that word, it's generally implying that it's romanticized, I feel like. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I guess it can vary from person to person, but I do know that we human beings like to kind of hold on to the good of the past and sort of gloss over anything that isn't so fun. Um, but, yeah, and again, like, Like I said, so this record does do a lot with nostalgia and there's definitely a lot of moments where there's almost like a longing for childhood, like, you know, like running back to a friend's house and knocking on the door and being like, hey, can we just like play and hang out? But I feel like it's not so much just like a longing for being a kid and being innocent itself, but kind of longing for the past that our childhood existed in, like thinking like, oh, that time was better.
0: Yeah, I mean... I guess I wasn't really necessarily thinking in those terms of like, you know, wanting to go back to any other time or anything. It was more just like um, remembering certain things, I guess. Um, It's weird because I wasn't really thinking about any of those things like, like nostalgia or or whatever. Um, But I mean like that, the nostalgia thing is like not really that that new to me like even my last record people said it had like a nostalgic sound or whatever i don't know i mean like, like a lot of the a lot of the songs on this record i think are rooted in like the present there's just like different ways of looking at it i guess
1: hmm I, I guess, like, it definitely plays nostalgically. Like, I mean, obviously, on a sonic level, you know, like, I was hearing a lot of, like, Roy Orbison and, like, the early Beatles and stuff, or even, like, I don't know what kind of microphone you were using, but it definitely had, like, a sort of almost older filter to it, which I really, really liked.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a fair amount of, um, I guess, nostalgia. Like, I I don't know. I liked the, um, the Buzzcocks have this... I have a song called nostalgia and it's in the line goes surfing on a wave of nostalgia for an age yet to come which i always liked that song or that line and i i kind of feel like that that spoke to maybe kind of what i was trying to do
1: yeah i could definitely see that a little bit i mean one of the other um i guess sort of phrases that came up was sort of like people longing for a time that never actually existed. That was something that I saw kind of again in my reading about the record. Where does that sort of idea come from?
0: Um well, I, I don't know. I think that's like something that you see a lot of just in um in popular culture and like just how people act nowadays and th- and think about things. I mean, just look at like the the current like political sphere, like the whole like make America great again thing, like they're all like longing for some idealized past that they think was better, which, you know, that, that didn't really ever exist. It's like Norman Rockwell paintings, you know, like these like images of like idealized American life that like people, took into their psyches and like identified with though they, they actually happened, but they didn't really happen. And it was actually like really bad for a lot of people. Um, So I don't know. I, I guess, you know, and on some level, maybe I was trying to like speak to that effect of like, you know, uh, I guess there's like, You could say, like, poisonous aspects of nostalgia in that sense, in addition to, like, the sweet and innocent kind as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really glad that you said that because, like, the whole MAGA concept was really ringing in my head a lot when I was thinking about, like, the nostalgia. In fact, like, one of the things I had written in my notes was, like, you know, the statement, like, oh, I miss the good old days um, when, and, like you said, like, people kind of gloss over. It's like, yeah, okay, in the 50s, maybe there was, like, Cadillacs and chivalry, but there was also, like, segregation and homophobia, and, yeah, it's it's definitely this sort of, again, like, American idealization and nostalgia are just very funny, and I'm I'm Canadian, by the way, so I've kind of come into this country currently watching everything that's happening. I can't even vote. I get to just kind of be like please don't burn the country down um but yeah it's it's a very fascinating thing to witness for sure
0: yeah i mean um i don't really <laughs> i don't know what else to say yeah i i guess i don't i'm, I'm not sure like how i uh, how i worded that last thing i said but i definitely well. want to make it uh abundantly clear that uh this is in no way uh supporting the maga people or (laughs) has anything to do with uh with that mentality it's quite the opposite
1: yeah i didn't get that like as much as you know it's an album that leans into like the beautiful sounds of like americana and country it's also sort of reverting itself as well like there's I think I'm trying to remember it's in actually the opening track the heat is on when you talk about like Cadillacs of white coming down from heaven almost like angels of the apocalypse or like seeing your soul being sold on the antique roadshow on sold my soul. It's like you're kind of taking these like pictures like you talk about like the Norman Rockwell paintings and these sort of like idealistic American images and flip them on their head.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I guess that's that's fair. That's true. And I guess this also goes along with like, um, uh, like the nostalgia thing, or like people kind of hearing the record and or my music in general, and and registering it as like referencing something older or or in the past. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like I'm working within like a tradition of. Um, what I think of as like American song writing. So to like go a lot of music, contemporary music and songs, like I just don't, uh, it doesn't, doesn't move me or or speak to me in any way. It doesn't feel like um, really uh, grounded in any kind of like continuum or like, I don't know like I feel like a lot of stuff that I hear like pretends like the past didn't exist um or or like like we're so far above it um or past it or something which I just don't think is really true. I mean everybody l- likes to think that we've come so far but like have we really? Uh I don't know.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's like you can come back to sort of the respect for, I mean, the artistry of the past, like you said, while also being heavily critical. Like like you said, it's almost like there's a separation, like we're here now and everything's great and we can ignore the past and we can ignore all the good and all the bad that came from the past, but we can't because we're still so deeply tied to it. hmm Yeah. Oh, I could for sure see that. Um, And one of the things that I really enjoyed about this album is that as much as sonically it does have a lot of elements that are rooted in the past and that kind of tradition of American songwriting, it never feels like, like pastiche or like pandering, like every image that's in there is there for a reason. It's not just to be like, see, let's talk about Cadillacs and let's make this feel like happy little America.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you think so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's very intentional. I think one of my favorite um, lines on the whole album is painted fingernails on an iron fist. I think that was like, like, it makes me think of like the the saying lipstick on a pig. It's like, no matter how much you try and dress it up and look pretty, it's still something that's (laughs) kind of (laughs) twisted. But yeah, um... Going back to, again, these sort of, like, weird, I guess, dichotomies and, like, American images, we're still on that for, like, a couple more things, and then I there's, like, a few other topics I want to touch on, but when I was listening to the song Veterans Day, um, I don't know how literal it's supposed to be in its message, but it made me think a lot of how, like, in American culture, the image of a soldier is sort of, like, one of the most glorified kind of things that you can possibly be and yet, when a soldier comes home, often they're abandoned. They, some of them so many of them are like riddled with like mental trauma and PTSD. And I feel like on Veterans Day, I was hearing that sort of like trauma that can kind of be left and ignored after someone comes home.
0: Yeah, I mean,, um, I was thinking about that in regard to that song uh, for sure like um i guess none of my songs are, are necessarily like uh like a one to one correlation about one thing necessarily but uh that one i don't know i guess i i felt like the that fact uh of of how uh we treat those you know the the people that that have fought i guess for the country like I thought there was something in that, you know, that, or like a feeling that, um, that's relatable to, um, to anyone, you know, not, not just people that have, have joined and been a part of that specifically. But, uh, I guess you could say that it's sort of like about trauma in some sense.
1: And I definitely picked up that, you know, none of the songs feel like they're specifically talking about one thing. I'm, I don't remember which song it was specifically, but, like, I remember it was, there was one where, like, it almost seemed like the message flipped halfway through the song. Like, it went from being very optimistic to, like, super, super paranoid. In fact, I, I'm sure if I- I think it might have been Every Once in a While. Yeah, I think that's the one it was, but- again, there's definitely certain, I guess, overarching values and certain things that sort of end up being consistent throughout the album. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Yeah. Um, I've been doing a a bunch of these like interviews lately <clears throat> for the, for the album and stuff. And uh, we've talked sort of about that with other, other people. You would think that I'd be getting better at it, at talking about it, but I'm not really, but like, um, yeah as far as like themes of the record i don't know it's interesting to me kind of because i wasn't necessarily well i wasn't really at all thinking about like building in cohesive themes to all all the songs i just was writing them all and then after the fact when it came time to like package the thing um, and put it all together then like these sort of th- th- uh, i guess through lines or um, I guess you could call them themes like sort of started emerging, um, but that I could see. And, um, I don't know what to say about that. I guess it's just, that's just what, what I was feeling and what, what came out. Um, yeah, it's just kind of, uh, strange. I mean, as far as like the paranoia, that's, that's definitely, uh, I would say a big one. I mean, I think that's just a big Theme in everyone's life um, nowadays. It's unfortunately come to that. I mean, but you know, again, like that could be. That's not necessarily a new thing either. You know, like people have been paranoid since uh, since the bomb came in uh, in the forties, like the, the atomic bomb, and and throughout the whole Cold War, being paranoid about uh, every you know the world basically ending and nuclear fallout and everything so that's just become like a a part of american life and just world life global life is just like a constant fear of annihilation
1: (laughs) have you ever seen the movie dr strange love because it's kind of making me think of that a bit
0: oh yeah yeah i mean that's a that's a brilliant one that's a great movie
1: Definitely not something to watch if you're, like, in a bit of a mental low, which I made the terrible mistake of doing, because you're like, this is funny, and then you get to the end, and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. But, yeah, there's de- – I mean, I-, I see what you mean about that kind of paranoia being around back then.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, stuff – movies like that or um, certain fiction uh, books and stuff, like, while I know you're saying, like, they are – you get to the end and you realize that it's like, it's pretty depressing. But like, I don't know, when I'm like feeling pretty low or depressed, like I've, I tend to gravitate towards those things. Um, even though it doesn't like give you like the escapism of like pulling you out of it, it, it sort of like assages if that. That, that's a word, right? Or like I have
1: to Google that one. I'm going right to the WikiLeaks guy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna Google that as we speak. It's
0: like, it, it sounds like something I've heard. Eases um some sort of pain or or something by like letting you know that you're not the only one who who has felt this way mm-hmm. is like the definition that I'm thinking of. Yeah. But um and also like that that film in particular is like just such a, a, a brilliant like satire and like just shows how how ridiculous the the whole thing is um and how people act uh, about certain things like the the part in that movie where i think he's a general he's like the or like the army commander guy who's like he's like freaking out in his office and he's like completely paranoid and he keeps saying that they're after our precious bodily fluids
1: yes it's coming back to me now because it's been a couple years since i've seen it but yeah i mean i i think like yeah especially satire when you're feeling a little bit low it is cathartic because even though you're like you said you're kind of steeping in whatever you're feeling anyway yeah it's universal and yeah you can kind of take a piss out of it as well at the same time which is sort of like nothing makes sense and everything's a mess but at least i can have a little laugh at just how ridiculous everything is
0: yeah um i mean nowadays it's like you it's hard to say like where satire even has a place because like how do you satirize something that's already so much more ridiculous than any satire could possibly be um or or like you know using like irony like irony is, is pretty much dead I think you know you can't really it doesn't it just doesn't work in, in this scenario like irony doesn't work when there's people believing in separate realities uh
1: yep literally next door neighbors like I said I was on a walk this morning and it was kind of like alternating political signs across the lawns and it was you know, I was like trying not to pay too much attention to them, but I couldn't help it. Like, you know, you're like, Biden, Trump, Biden, Trump. Oh my God. And yeah, so it's, there's a very bizarre and surreal divide that we're all hyper aware of right now. Um, but I think on that note, I want to switch topics. Um, and the next sort of area that I saw pop up quite a bit, um, was things to do a little bit with, like, social media and kind of returning to, like, real, like, meaning and really, like, meaningful experiences in life. And I was on your Instagram at one point and I noticed that there's, like, a little section of posts where there's just, like, a bunch of, like, white squares. And, like, one of them said, like, this machine breeds sadness and there must be more to life than this. And I feel like that sort of sentiment bled into the album as well.
0: Yeah, I mean... I would. It's something that I've th- felt and thought about for years now. So I'm. I'm sure that it's. It's in there. You know. I don't. I never wanted. Want to be like, the guy who's like, raging against technology and and progress or anything like that. But I just don't think that social media or like in, in at least in the in the form that it's currently taken is uh valid as a form of like i don't know i just i feel like it it's not it isn't what it pretends to be i don't know i just have always felt since it came since it really started rising to like the status that it's currently at where like like nothing matters or exists unless it's like validated through social media or something um and also like that you know, average, normal people are like on there alongside corporation, like giant corporations. Like it, it still is very weird to me. Like when you know, I know it's just a like a social media person at a company who's operating the account for like whatever it is, like Slim Jim or like uh, you know, um, IHOP or or McDonald's, but. But when you see, like, them commenting on a post and, like, people interacting with a brand as though it's, like, a person, it's just very uh, unsettling to me. Um, (laughs) Like, they're not your friend uh, is what is the main thing.
1: Yeah, it's funny, like, I'm so on the same page as you with all of that and yet I know that I am like just as addicted as the next person and
0: oh yeah I mean I definitely am I'm not I'm not definitely not saying that I'm above it or outside of it I mean I I have just as little self-control as anyone else when it comes to to that
1: sort of thing and there is definitely some songs on the record that felt like I don't know if it necessarily felt like you were calling yourself out too but like it never felt like you were putting yourself on a high horse it wasn't like you know like I'm off social media and I'm better than you like the songs won't get it right and always on my mind kind of had these like you know like I'm on my own search for like wanting things that are meaningful and trying to figure my own stuff out too you know
0: well I mean nobody wants to be to be preached to or preached at and I certainly wasn't trying to do any of that um so I'm, I'm glad that you didn't think it came across like that. <laughs> no, um, I
1: didn't. And again, I like sometimes when, even if this was sort of like just a happy accident because of the way the songs fell together, I like that it was kind of like going in a direction of being like, you know, like kind of trying to get people to let go and come back to things that are more meaningful. And then right after that, also, again, calling yourself out, like it seemed like it was starting to go that way. And then you were like, no, nope, I'm switching this back in this direction.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it's difficult to talk about any of these things or to even broach the subject without, you know, s- sounding or coming across as, like, preachy or, like, uh, like you're a, one of these, like, social media yoga gurus or something that's just, like, telling everyone how they should be living or something um, or, like, you know, how how great of an example you're setting when in fact like most of those people I think are are even more entrenched in like the farce than anyone else um yeah I don't know I mean I think I'll, I'll, with any of this stuff it's like it's like a constant well it's just like day-to-day life um and in anything else at least for me when I'm whenever I'm thinking about anything that's going on or angry at um, things that are happening in the world. I tend to pretty soon afterwards, like realize that I'm very much a part of the problem and, you know, by no means like exempt from any of the things that I'm like angry at. And like, at the end of the day, all anyone can really do is like change themselves or try to, or try to be better themselves.
1: Absolutely. Um, We're getting sort of into the last section of, I guess, themes that I sort of picked up on. And I mean, amidst all of the songs that even though they all sort of have blended themes, as we've already discussed, there's definitely quite a few songs sort of peppered in that are either just straight up love songs or have, you know, like almost a love song Portion, if you will. Like, they're definitely addressed to someone that you care about very deeply. And so like the songs that I listed off were All the Roads, Looks Like Rain, I Love So Fine, Baby Come On, Walk With Me, God Bless the Day, and Cave of Phantoms. Um, And yeah, they're definitely, even though even some of those songs have sort of more cynical elements to them, there's definitely something nice to have these almost like pauses amidst the record as well that are very sweet.
0: Yeah um yeah I mean at the end of the day generally what I want to hear is is just love songs I mean most of I would say most of my songs would fall into that category in some some way or another or I that's kind of how I see them anyways um more love songs than hate songs
1: (laughs) okay that's a fair way to put it I also really liked in a lot of these songs like that same sort of concept of like letting go of things that don't have meaning like when we're talking about social media sort of trickles into this as well like it almost feels like a lot of times you're like asking a person that you care about it's like let go of the stuff that's not important like just enjoy the fact that you're in love and you get to experience something meaningful and wonderful like it's kind of constantly trying to pull someone back into that.
0: Yeah, I think that that, that's true.
1: Like, my favorite line that kind of falls into that on Looks Like Rain was when the tensions rise and the righteous ball, death in disguise is a maiden call. Like, it kind of felt like almost like traditional kind of ideals and we're being like, nope, we're not going to deal with those right now. We're not going to think about those. We're just going to do our own thing and be happy. And I really like that. (laughs) Yeah. And then, of course, I mean, like, I like what you just said now, just now about, like, wanting your songs to be you know more love songs and hate songs because i feel like the way the album ends on Cave of phantoms it's kind of like that's the message that we're coming back to it's sort of like even amidst all of this stuff like love and joy it's still there and that's what matters and that's what we can return to amidst all of the crap around us
0: yeah yeah i mean I, i think that's uh that's definitely um a message worth sending i think
1: nobody lives here anymore is available now everywhere that you normally get your music this podcast is hosted produced and edited by myself sophia lopercaro and the artwork is by meg welford with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere